Hello, everyone. This is the More Conversations podcast with the Andrew Young Center for Global Leadership. I'm your host, Drake Rand, and today I have the distinct honor of introducing our special guest, Dr. Tiffany Rand. Dr. Tiffany is uh, the CEO of Polish Dental Centers, which serves the Atlanta metropolitan community and beyond. How are we doing today, Dr. <laughs> I am fantastic. Thank you for inviting me. Great to have you. Great to have you. And we know I know a lot about what you do, but could you talk a little bit to the audience about um, what it is that you uh, do at Polish Dental Centers? Awesome. Well, I am, let me first start with my foundation is a double HBCU grad, Xavier University of Louisiana and Howard University College of Dentistry. Um, I've been a practicing dentist for 15 years, and I own a chain of dental practices here in the Atlanta area, um, five at the moment, and and growing. Uh, We have a thriving practice, a women-led practice that um, has been thriving for the last 10 years in Atlanta, and also I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, As the CEO of the company, I am a trained as a dentist, but at the moment, I'm running um, running Polish Dental Center, and we are always uh, looking for talent in the Morehouse or Spelman grads. As you matriculate through your disciplines, we, we look forward to seeing you um, because we love hiring, um, you know, people of color because we know that is important nowadays, especially with, you know, the climate that's going on now in, in, in America. And it's important to have, you know, medical professionals that we trust and we can identify with and that can identify with us. Absolutely. And no doubt COVID has uh, made this a lot more complicated for you. Um, have, have you seen an influx in patients since the pandemic began? Um, I will say, you know, I speak for myself that um, the pandemic did not slow us down as a dental practice. Um we we did for for a little while for probably the month of April and May, but of course we're in Georgia, so um, Georgia remained open. Um, we actually had a landmark year as far as uh, patients in our office in 2020. I'm guessing it's because everyone um, did work differently and a lot of Zoom, a lot of Zoom, so they were able to come in and prioritize their dental health. Um, I've always said that in dentistry, on a regular day, we don't want to have your blood and spit on us. So in dentistry, especially, we already took universal precautions of PPE, personal protective equipment with masks and gloves and hair bonnets. So, you know, we were we were already ready, pandemic ready. We are, you know, hepatitis, age ready, whatever you come in with. Uh, the dental practice, uh, our dental practices were ready for that. So um, knock on wood, we had nobody that was uh, any on our team that contracted COVID. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, seems like you're doing a, a, a very diligent job of protecting both yourself and um, your patients. Um, have you seen any reaction from your clients or patients um, toward COVID or have they adjusted or acted differently since the beginning of the pandemic? Well, now that we're getting into um, 2020, 2022, I think people have 
become lax with their protocol because people are are allowed to get vaccinated. Um, Me personally, I'm on my booster shot. So I'm on number three. Um, I haven't grown any extra arms or legs. Um, Experienced no no sickness myself. Um, But... You know, I, I think I think everyone settled into the new normal. Um, the new normal being that we are more cautious when we come in. We do require our patients when they enter into our offices to uh, wear masks. Still, um, we do have plexiglass on all of our exchanges. We um, do not accept paper money. Uh, we use the, I guess it was an electronic tap machine um, to accept money and, and, and text to pay. Uh, we, we limit uh, contact with our, with our patients. That mostly happens at the front desk. So, you know, we, we have made those environmental changes that have allowed us to continue to keep our facilities safe um, from COVID. So people have really appreciated that and they continue to patronize us because we have those heightened precautions. I see. Uh, I, I know you stand at a, a really critical point um, as a black doctor, um, just from the perspective that the, uh, the black community has seen a lot of mistrust toward the medical community. Um, and you stand at that intersection, which must be a very interesting place to be. Um, how have you adjusted to, um, the, the different expectations that the black community or, or what, what have you seen from the black community that, um, towards medical medicine? Well, the great part about, um, Black Lives Matter movement is that we have seen an influx of, of patients saying, Hey, we want an African-American provider. You know, like I said, we have been doing great works in the Atlanta area for 10 years now. And um, it was only magnified when uh, COVID happened, Black Lives Matter. Um, One other thing that has really changed is we talk about the infant, the um, mortality rate, birthing rates. Um, in hospitals, and that has also come to light as African Americans are tre- women are treated differently and perceived as being able to tolerate more pain, um, or their their pain is not taken as seriously as maybe someone from another culture, and that has also come to light. And I think that's very important that 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 we recognize that, and we. And when they come to our practice, I will say this has happened way before pandemic. You know, you will see someone who looks like you, who understands you, who understands the um, the intangible things that are indicative to the African American culture, because it indeed it is a culture. It is a culture that we have fought through a lot of injustices in a country that, you know, has taken us here and we have thrived um, year after year, century after century. 
and fought through all of the injustices and inequalities that have um, that have become, you know, part of our history. And now that we are able to have our own communities and our own doctors and our own lawyers, um, I think it's great that we are supporting each other, that we are able to heal as healthcare professionals and be able to identify with, um, you know, just, just the things that, that affect us as, as African-Americans. So I, I think it's been wonderful. I think that we should continue to do this. I think one thing that happens with everything is like some things are sensationalized and we go through a movement, but then it just, it, 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 it trails off. And so I hope that we continue on this path of supporting each other, whether it's healthcare or businesses or anything like that. I mean, I think that we have some very qualified, very educated, educated um, members of the African-American community. That's why Morehouse is around. That's why Spellman's around. That's why Howard's, Howard's around um, because it, it's, it's educating us. And, and we are capable of being our own community. And I think that's what we're learning through COVID and, and, and through this time period where we have, we have heightened awareness of the injustices that happen to us, both in the justice system and in the healthcare system. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have this moment. Absolutely. I think, it's, uh, I think your patients would even agree that um, it's very important for um, them to have a doctor who understands the the cultural history behind themselves and the impact that their uh, particular communities um, are subject to and um, that sort of thing as well. Um, have you seen any resistance from your patients from any of the medical advice you give them um, when despite your understanding of their circumstances? Well, just like I said, you know, with Google, and I mean, people are choosing us because we are African-American. Um, you know, one thing I, I'm, I'm very cognizant of is that just because, you know, like, right, we're African-American, there are also some negative stigmas around that. And as the CEO of a company, I work against those, those, those negative stigmas, like not being on time and, you know, all, all that. And, you know, we do give you the customer service that you deserve, along with the education that you that you need. So it's been a company that's been doing that pre-pandemic. Um, so I will say I haven't had a lot of pushback other than the normal people who are Google educated um you know pushing back on our recommendations because it starts with we we're starting with the uh, pretense of i trust you i've looked at your google reviews i've seen your education i know where you come from i know you're from atlanta i know you guys what your mission is i know that you help um that you do outreach and charity in the community so I trust you. And so from my perspective, the goodwill that we've been, built in the community, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't have, and with our patients that have already been there, because 
dentistry is largely referral based, um, we don't we don't have a lot of pushback on our on our recommendation. Drake, you've been a patient of mine. How do you feel? Um, I personally, I can't say I'm not satisfied every time. Um, although in, naturally, I'm not sure. Maybe they give me some type of special treatment just because. Um, but they, um, the, I've been satisfied every time. Uh, follow the instructions, brush my teeth, uh, like everyone else. But yeah, I, I think um, I, I think it's very important um, for you as a CEO um, to stay competitive, right? Um, and to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward for your patients. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how you stay educated and, and involved and um, up to date in things that are going on in the medical community? Um, well, there's a lot of education out there. Um, all doctors, as you know, have to maintain to maintain their license, must maintain a level of continuing education. So I require myself and all the other doctors that are um, licensed. We require um, continuing education uh, credits every two months. So, you know, six times a year, we are learning and growing and developing. And obviously, me, I have extra homework because I need to know about world events and what's going on in the world and, and medicine. So there are a lot of conferences, a lot of um, there's just a lot of education out there. And that's just that's just that's just standard in part, and to me, just part of being, you know, a doctor response uh, that is responsible for other people's health and well-being and livelihood. Um, we must keep on top of the technology and best practices to serve our patients. So that's that's just table stakes. Absolutely, I, I would love to ask you, as a Xavier and Howard grad, um, what. Do, do you feel that the, the students of today are being adequately prepared to handle um, the new challenges that they're facing in the medical community like COVID? Um, so I don't I know this might be controversial to you guys because some people believe in the vaccination. Some people don't. I think it's awesome that um, Morehouse is requiring. Am I right? They required y'all to take the vaccination. Is that right? That that is precisely correct. That that was a yeah. I think <laughs> I think that was a good call. Uh, and um, well, so those are two questions, right? Like, are you prepared for COVID? I think yes. Like, you should definitely. I think that they made the right call by requiring that. And I'm hoping that no one has a third arm um, because of that. I'm sure y'all would have told us by now. Um, but I think you guys are, 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 are well prepared. You know, I, I, I'm proud of you. I watch you and, you know, other mentees of, of mine that have matriculated, you know, you guys go out, you have great jobs, you know, you're motivated. And I think we're keeping the gold standard. I mean, I mean, I think HBCUs are unique because, you know, because we are not as funded by our alumni, which we should be, um, as majority schools. I think you guys uh, develop unique practical life skills that you might fuss about right now that, oh, this is hard or this isn't working. And, you know, that's just how life is. It doesn't work. You got to make it work. And so, you know, just some of those practical life skills that, you might think are annoying or, oh, my, my 
a friend at the majority school doesn't have to deal with uh, makes you better prepared for the world, which the world doesn't work unless you make it work. So I, I, I'm a proponent for the HBCU process. I am a product of it. I stand by it. It's, 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 it's good. You're going to be okay. Right. Right. Um, that is interesting to hear you, um, say that because they, they have been, um, you know, cracking down on us to get our, our COVID tests out of the way each week um, and, uh, to make sure uh, we all have our vaccinations, our respective vaccination cards, and all the above. Um, and so it makes it kind of hard to, uh, to deny the fact that HBCUs are doing their part. Um, have, how do you feel about general skepticism and um, reproach toward um, the idea of getting the vaccine out in the community? So I, re- so I understand and respect it because look, it's because of slavery. Whether they say a black AF is because of slavery. We have been experimented on for years. You know, some of modern gynecology is based off of doing surgeries with no anesthesia on women, on enslaved women. Um, The Tuskegee experiment where black men were given syphilis and denied the penicillin that could have, that, that could have treated it. Even when we knew there was a treatment, um, there have been since laws that banned uh, human experiments and those were on black people. And so we have a long history of the government and, and people in authority are people are, you know, just doing things that were unethical to us in our community. So I totally respect and understand the position and it makes me angry. Um, so what I tell even my doctors that, that do not, um, that, that say they are not taking it for religious purposes is like, I respect it, but we must all understand the risks, benefits and complications, which include even death that you are assuming, you know, like whether you're getting the vaccination or I don't know, you're shooting heroin up your arm you understand that there's possible death. And every adult over 18 years old has the right to decide. Um, Now I understand we have an institution that's telling us, no, you don't, you can't decide, but I do, but, and I, and I, and I'm on that side of it, but I do understand it. And I think part of this is about understanding different perspectives. And it's okay to disagree without being disagreeable. And so, you know, I get it, but it's, you know, it is actually up to that individual and it's okay if, if you're okay with accepting the risk benefits and alternatives. And so I, I hope I answered that question, but. No, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I agree with you entirely. Um, I think, the injustices that the black community has suffered at the hands of, um, I, I suppose, the medical community, um, it is rather difficult to, for people to come to terms with and understand. Um, and I, I, I think that it's also very interesting 
um, that you stand at such a critical juncture, as I mentioned before, of being able to um, of being able to understand the relationship between both. Um, and I would ask you then whether or not um, you believe the medical community has evolved and changed past the um, the scary medicine world for, for the black American that we've seen in the past. For instance, the, the Tuskegee experimentation on um, syphilis patients, um, I, I think I think the, the experimenters kind of got off scot-free, you know, and kind of were able to, uh, allowed to do whatever it is that they wanted to the patients um, at, at very low cost. And I think that some of our audience may fear that that world still exists for patients. You know what? I, I agree. In, in, in medical school, just like in medical school, just like how you guys are going through school and you get an A, B, C, or maybe, or F. I don't know if y'all get D's because I don't, I don't know. What do y'all get? Y'all get, y'all, anyone y'all get D's? Uh, yes, A through F and no E's. Yeah, no A through F. There are doctors that have just passed like this. And as long as they have that white coat on, they're still doctors, whether they're at the top of the class or at the bottom of the class, whether they are their parent, their, their people are white supremacists or not. They're at, they are whoever they are, right? It is up to us as the public, I'm going to include myself, because I, I go to doctors as well. It is, it is up to us as, as, as John Public to educate ourselves enough to know that something is going wrong, to speak up enough when we know something's going wrong, to, change, to, to, to be able to say something before it goes wrong because ultimately you are the CEO of your body and whether they are white or your own ethnicity or Indian or Hispanic or whatever, you don't know what, what, what that doctor's grades were in school. You don't know if they had to remediate. You don't know what their cultural bias is. You know, you don't know anything about them, but it, I think it's important for you to know your doctor, know about them, really talk to them. I've talked to some people who are like, oh yeah, I've been, you know, I broke my arm, right? You broke your arm or something like that. Like, well, who's, what's the doctor's name that treated you? They're like, I don't know. I know my arm's not broke and that's fine. But like when it comes to something really serious, like do your research because it really is up to us. I mean, you don't know if that doctor was divorcing his wife or was or, or female involved in domestic violence the night before or was out partying the night before. You have no idea because they are just humans. And so just because they have a white coat on does not mean that you need to put full trust in any human um, because they are just that just like you, they are human, things happen. So whether it's mistrust because of racism or mistrust because they've guzzled down five shots the night before, 
you should you should always um, do your research. And if something is not right, you need to say something and ask for another doctor. Do not be do not have white coat syndrome and be afraid to speak up. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Rand, for joining us today to talk about mistrust of medicine um, and to give us a little bit of um, perspective and insight into that community. Um, So thank you all for joining. This has been the More Conversations podcast. Um, Have a great day.